Welcome Las Vegas and friends around the world. Saint City Chronicles, Episode 1, Pastor Danny Han, Gateway City Church. And Saint City Chronicles, welcome to the premiere episode. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N. Uh, for your first time here, if you're from the Las Vegas area, I oversee a ministry here in Las Vegas called Dominion Fire, which you can find anytime at dominionfire.com. And this particular podcast is bringing us the flavor of Las Vegas and what it is like here in our local city. Any other podcasts we've done have been people from different states and cities and countries around the world and just general healings and miracles and just topics that people want to get into. With the Saint City Chronicles, my hope and my intention is to serve our city. And if you're maybe searching, if you're trying to find a home church, if you're trying to find some answers or you're trying to find something that you know you need faith-wise, is to spotlight and bring you different churches and pastors and ministries and people just involved in matters of faith here in our city, the famous Sin City, which we have renamed Saint City, because, you know, you name things, you take dominion authority over it, and it sort of goes the way you want. So we're taking over, man. Saint City Chronicles. And so my first guest today, and I am truly grateful because he's been a, a friend of mine for quite a few years now, and I've been to his church, and we've had conversations. We've gone out for breakfast. You know, we've uh, known him for a while. He's a great guy. Just finished a live stream kind of prepping up for this. Joining me today is Pastor Danny Han from Gateway City Church here in Las Vegas. Pastor Danny, PD, welcome. How are you, man? Million, good to be with you, man. Honored to be the first one. Let's get it in. Leadoff hitter. You are the leadoff hitter, and that's it. So tell us your background, your experience, kind of walk us through how you got involved in all this and how you, uh, maybe your testimony, how you got trained up and how you ended up where you are today. My name's Danny Hand. I am the husband of Margaret Hand, aka Hot Mama. I have a son and daughter, Jasmine and Jordan. I have a grandbaby Tatum, the bringer of joy. Reese, the bringer of enthusiasm, going to be here in about eight weeks. And two uh, beautiful son and daughter of all. So I'm that first. But I, you know, it's funny, Milt, today uh, on my memories, it popped up a picture of my grandfather, who I don't have many memories of because he died when I was five, but he was a minister and a pioneering pastor in the old days and pioneered seven churches and made his way from Oklahoma, migrated to uh, California. And many of those churches are still alive today. And so, it was a photo and an image of him the day he passed the mantle to my father. So I'm a third generational preacher. Unfortunately, I must confess to you, I'm a little bit of a reluctant preacher. I grew up uh, in the 80s and born in 1970, to give you an idea of how old I am. And so a lot of the memories for me and seeing some of the church stuff in the 80s, there was some scandal and there was some PTL stuff and there was the Jimmy Swagger stuff. And so that, cr that created some conflict for me at school. I was an athlete and around sports, and so this kind of a no-nonsense culture. So that made it tough for me at times to deal with some stuff where I had to defend my dad, in my opinion, because my dad was a hardworking man. He was an entrepreneur and pastor in a church. And so I really was a little bit reluctant to want to get into ministry, not because of my grandfather and my father, but I just knew there's a price to pay. 
uh, ministry at times very thankless and it's sacrificial. And so I, I resisted for a long time. My, my, my childhood dream was to be a baseball player and um, did pretty well in high school. Found myself at junior college playing for a gentleman named Andy Messersmith. He was uh, one of the first free agent signings that signed for a million dollars right in front of Ricky Henderson. And uh, I was doing well preseason, probably about seven games in. Uh, mid-game, third inning, and uh, coach calls me over and says, hand, you're done. And uh, he, he cut me right in the middle of already making the team. And he says, I don't know what it is, but God, uh, he didn't say, he said, I don't know what it is, but you're supposed to be doing something different in life. Now, I got to tell you, uh, my coach uh, wasn't saved at the time, and I don't know where he is in his faith now, but he had no problem using expletives. And I tried to argue with him and saying, coach, you can't do this. Uh, we're, we're already playing in the season and he proceeded to tell me, get the bleep bleep off my field and go do what you're supposed to do. Uh, I remember driving home, loading up all my stuff, crying, making it home. My dad was in the garage when I pulled in with all my stuff and said, dad, find me a seminary, find me a seminary that has no temptation of sports whatsoever. And that led me to Christ for the nations, a, a beautiful school with a terrible non-sports program. And that's where I met my beautiful wife, Mill, and uh, the rest is history. As you were coming up through the ranks and going to your training and all that, I noticed that in the time I've known you, you've always, speaking of coach, you've always been the coach type. You've always called everybody champ or champion, and you're very big on sort of applying that, even that sports mentality, to how you run church and ministry. So, how did your sports mindset and now your Christian training for this? How did they intersect and how did you start melding that into what you do today? Man, I just started reading scripture and I never really had these deep desires and aspirations to be a communicator or a pastor because I didn't like getting in front of people, to be honest with you. It was one of my great, greatest fears. But when when you read things like the great apostle Paul saying, I, I run the race or I, I'm one who wants to hit the mark. I don't want to hit the air. I want to hit the mark or you see things like David out in the field having to fight a big giant. Mind you, the trained army didn't have the cojones to do what they were trained to do, but a teenager comes on the scene, and he's fighting a giant, and against the odds, there's, there's a competitiveness, and, and even as we read the Word of God, um, we see Elijah calling down fire. So we are, we are competing the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, whether we want to admit that or not. And so to me, it's just a natural... I think sports has been good for me because when I really fully committed in my life to Christ, man, this is, this is a race. He who endures to the end will be saved. And so I think, I think it's a help in the time, especially right now when I, I sense a lot of people are growing weary and they're tired and the tank isn't filled up. Uh, we, we, we need the, the fire in our backside and the coach's foot to say, come on, let's finish this race and let's get this done. So according to my numbers, if I remember correctly, now you've been doing this quite a while. We're looking at about a 23-year span. And as you're doing this, you say you want to raise up champions. So pivoting to Las Vegas, uh, you initially were out in California, then you told me to New Jersey, and then eventually to here in uh, Nevada. So once you got set up in Las Vegas, over that 23-year period, we're talking exponential growth and change in the city from almost almost half a million people to now like 2.2-ish, somewhere in there. 
the dynamic has totally changed. So how has the Las Vegas experience been for you with all those years in ministry here? How is it? How's the city changed? How is it now? Like, give us like kind of a retrospect of everything. It's been good. And again, for me, it wasn't just ministry. I wanted to, I wanted my kids to experience, to be able to have things. I've shared it with you before. You know, when I was a youth pastor in New Jersey, I'm living in a hundred year old parsonage, making $200 a week starving. A little story that really shook me. My, my pastor at that time, on a Friday night, this is what started shaping ministry and what led me to Las Vegas on a Friday night. Now, mind you, good people, good men, but he served for almost 15 years. And on the, on the whim of a vote, as I sat there as a 23-year-old youth pastor, one of the elders spoke up and said, you know, guys, I just think it's time for a change. I want to vote that we, we let our pastor go. He was a godly man. He was a brilliant teacher, theologian. And I watched them on a Friday night vote this man out. Now, this man went from high school to seminary, is in his late 40s, had never worked a secular job outside of church. And I watched him in the next few months to try to find a, a, a place to go with the family of four. And he, he was breaking. He was losing it because there was no place at that time could take it. I remember distinctly one day he said, Danny, I've never worked a job outside of church. I don't know what I'm going to do. And as a 23, 24-year-old guy, that really shook me, Mill. I didn't want to put my, may sound fearful, but I didn't want to put my economic control on a board. And so I remember distinctly going home and telling my wife that I'm willing to serve God all the days of my life, but I'm not going to be economically tied to a church that they can vote me out. So that led me to this journey to Las Vegas to become a businessman, raise my family, helped my father serve in Pioneer Church, and we've been doing it for 23 years. That's awesome. So now when I had met you, you were with uh, Celebration Church, and now you pivoted over to Gateway City. So tell us about your uh, current church and what's going on there. And if people showed up on a Sunday, what kind of stuff would they expect? We were Celebration for, for many, many years. Fathering is so important to me, and accountability is so important to me. And I just felt there was a shift coming in my heart. My dad's going to be 77 his next birthday, and I'm praying he has another good 20 years that we can serve in the kingdom together. But I wanted to make sure when God took my father home, who's my hero, that I I aligned myself to fathering and accountability and team. That's very important to me. And so that was where Gateway City had come in into my life the last uh, year and a half. And ironically, Pastor David Canastracy is who ordained me in 1993 in San Jose, California. And uh, so I've just realigned back to my roots. I'm one of six campuses. I'm honored to be submitted to Pastor Dave. But if they they would come to Gateway City Church, they would find a church for all people. We're very diverse. We're a Bible-believing church. We believe in the Word of God. We believe in family, community. We believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you would find a coaching center that would uh, inspire you to live your best life. Well, we would tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So it's one of those ones that if you're looking for just fluff, not to be disrespectful, we want to make sure that we're we're living the standard that God's called us to. So if someone were, again, to visit or maybe someone is new to Vegas, someone is maybe just new to faith and they're trying to figure this out, we're inundated with this city that's called Sin City, and it has that connotation of just debauchery and vices and things such as that. So. What is the truth about the faith that you see in Las Vegas? Now, the reason I say that is because I remember we had the October shooting and I remember 
there were people down at the Las Vegas sign worshiping. They were praying. I've never, unlike anything I've ever seen before, people answered the bell when they had to, for instance. So in your experience with people that have you know, come and go over the years, people that have been with you for, for years, what can you say about the general spiritual and faith climate here in the city of Las Vegas? Is it growing better, worse? What, what are we looking at here? Loaded question. You know, I, I'm trying to change the way I answer that. And hopefully it's not kind of, you know, being in denial. But I, I do think the climate of Las Vegas is, is in regards to the church is much better than the world portrays it. We're very much community than I think, even though it's newer community. We're, but I think per capita, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've looked this up in a while, we have a, a, almost on the top per churches per capita as far as our size. So you get away from the strip, Mill. You know this as well as I do. Uh, there's a lot of churches in this town. The other thing that is unique, and I think that pastors have had to learn to be flexible, we're a seven-day workweek city, meaning some people Sunday morning may be Tuesday morning, 6 uh, a.m. Devo, and that's their church time, you know, because they're, they're working Saturday and Sunday. And so you, you have to kind of adjust some of your expectations on how you may not have the Sunday morning experience for a lot of a lot of my people. Wednesday, Wednesday night is their Sunday morning. But I think the, the harvest is ripe. Why? Jesus said that. So the harvest is always ripe. We need workers and we need the current believers to get excited and walk in their calling and anointing and do what they're called to do and put their foot on the enemy's neck and do work for the kingdom of God. It's that simple. With everything you've seen and done and have been part of over all these years, because that's a pretty good cross-section. You've been here a lot longer than many people have. Going forward and coming out of you know 2020, we're in 2021 now as we record this and things are still a little goofy, but going forward, what is it you want to see? What is your hope for the city of Las Vegas in addition to that? Is there something big you're hoping for? Or are you just kind of just continue a slow burn? What, what would you ultimately like to see? at the end of your pastoring time to say, yeah, I ran the race. Like, what's your, what's your ultimate hope here? Well, selfishly, the first one is I'm wanting to get a well done. And I know, I know I'm one bad day away, one, one bad decision that can turn my life upside down. So I live with the cognitive awareness to the alert, not, not walk in fear, but we've seen some great ministries and ministers fall this year. That's been very painful. And, and so I live with that understanding, Danny. Stay at your post, guard, guard your heart, and, and finish this race well. You know, I had the privilege of seeing some pretty cool things when I was in New Jersey because I was, I was a young revivalist. I was fascinated by the John G. Lakes and the Smith Wigglesworth. And, and I thought when I came to this particular city, like I was the young 27, 28-year-old kid running out in the desert, you know, shirt off and, and praying and crying out to God when I first got here. Literally one day, no joke, running out in the desert towards the mountain there at uh, Red Rock and ran into the back of a donkey. That's not a lie and scared the mess out of me. So I've always thought, man, I am going to be part of something spectacular. I, I remember driving with my dad as a young married guy to Toronto because I wanted to see the Toronto blessing, what was taking place. I remember going to Florida, Pensacola, Florida, because I wanted to see this great revival. And I had the privilege the last three years in New Jersey, see a revival break out, what our culture would term a revival, church every night, spirit of God moving, people's hunger and thirst becoming greater, 
uh, life's being transformed, people added to the kingdom. So when I came here, I was hoping to see that spectacular. But it's funny that you answered, asked this question, because literally last week I was sitting with my father at Harvest Cafe. Shout out to Harvest Cafe. I go there every Tuesday morning. And I said, Pop, I've got a question for you. I said, it's been an amazing year in spite of all the tragedy and the pain and the pandemic for our community. It's been actually the funnest year of my ministerial life here. I said, but what do I look for? Do, do we continue to believe that we're going to, quote, have this revival and something's going to break out and it's going to be historic and then historians will write about it and we'll read about it a year, hundred years later? Or do I treat this like a father, that we're just being faithful with what we know to do? We're, we're gathering, we're doing fellowship, we're teaching the word of God, we're discipling people, we're there when people are hurting. And he looked at me and said, son, the first would be nice. But in my experience, I think the majority of church is that just faithfulness and at times when it seems mundane where you're a family and a community and you're doing life. And that, son, is not failure. That's the kingdom and that's the church. So I think a lot of us, Neil, have a lot of ministers in particular. We have this grandiose idea. You know, people, and don't take this the wrong way, need more than a prophecy and they need more in a word of the Lord, which is awesome. But we need tools. We need to help people with the how to. We need to teach people and help people how they can have great marriages and break some of the cycles that's been on their their family for generations. We need to help people to be able to manage money and, and how to invest because if they don't have those tools, it's just a church service. Yeah, the pastor feels good, but these people have to go to work on Monday. That's kind of it in a nutshell, my man. I agree. Definitely. It's one of those things. It's where the rubber meets the road. And I, I feel the same way. You know, it's if give you a prophetic word, all good. You're, it's, it's great. But then, you know, you got life after this. So you got to start applying it now. I guess start using this information in some way or some capacity. So I completely get you on that. So with Gateway City Church, what's roughly like the size of the church and how has it been growing over this past year? I know it's been kind of goofy. So how have you guys survived this whole 2020 era that we've been in? How's it how's it been going through it all? Personally, it hadn't been easy for me and my business because I have a commercial cleaning company and, and a lot of my work uh, is deals with homes, vacant homes, construction homes. And so with the moratoriums, essentially put, there's been a freeze on ability to clean because people are able to stay there even if they can't pay their rent. So for me, it's been a massive year of trust and faith, but it's been the best year of ministry by far. Uh, you know, some people may not feel good about this, but we chose to stay open the whole time. I felt the uh, church was essential. It's essential. I want to get a t-shirt that says I'm essential. I, I believe the church is essential. It's the most essential thing on the, on the face of the earth. I just couldn't see shutting down. And we wanted to be here as a resource, emotional resource. And some, some people still to this day are not have not got their unemployment and that the systems were so backed and so messed up. And so we wanted to make sure we were doing wellness checks and if people needed food and just needed human contact. So it's been a great year. We're still, I mean, some churches that I do life with, you know, California was tough for a lot of our communities. They couldn't do church. The fines were enormous. Um, and so I didn't face any of those sort of dilemmas. And actually, I, I'll be honest with you, the police came by a few times and they were extremely gracious and kind. And I think common sense prevailed, if you know what I mean. And so they allowed common sense to prevail, understand what we're doing is helpful to people. It's been a crazy, unpredictable, I don't know what's going to happen, how things are going to turn out, but I'm excited, Mill, uh, with what the Lord's doing. I really am. 
So if somebody would like to know more about Gateway, what is the website, phone number, and address? Let's start with that. Woo! I'm going to get in trouble for this because I'm not the techie guy. You asked me to, to do the, uh, the, the website, and that's terrible because we just got a brand new one. But it is mygatewaycity.church, mygatewaycity.church. And again, the name of the church is Gateway City Church, Las Vegas. We are on the corner of Gowan and Rancho, 3630 North Rancho, Sunday, 10 a.m. Spanish service is at 1 p.m. on Sunday, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Come on through and check us out if you need a home church. All right, so call uh, Gateway at 702-529-3224. All right, PD, it has been an absolute pleasure to uh, sit and spend this time with you today. I know you and I have kind of bounced uh, together a little here and there over the years, but we've actually had some really good time to uh, sit and talk today. And I appreciate you not only for that, but for uh, helping us get this thing off the ground here and as our leadoff batter for, for the podcast. And before we start wrapping up today, what I'd like to ask you to do is maybe two things. If you would like to tell our audience, maybe invite them to tell them what you would like to to see, if you would like to have them come visit, to give them a quick invite. And then if you would like to do a little prayer for our city of Las Vegas and bring it to the end for us. Amen. It would be an honor. Champs, it's been a privilege to be the leadoff hitter for Mills podcast today. And I just want to remind you, and I know you know this, Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. And I want to remind you and speak to you prophetically as a coach that Christ has a purpose and a plan for your life. And I believe it is a good plan. And according to Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a plan to prosper and bless you. So I pray that that would reverberate even through this podcast, that if you're sensing desperation and you're feeling like, you know what, my, my best days are behind me, I just pull you out of that pit and declare and prophesy over you the best days of your life are ahead. And if you don't have a church community, i personally love to invite you to come out to Gateway City Church. If you're looking for a family, come out and hang with us, and we'd have a great time. So, Father, I just pray for Mill and his family and the endeavor, Lord, that, Lord, I believe prophetically, Mill, the greatest need and necessity right now is for the media to have people like you that are called to be uh, evangelistic and prophetic voices and pastors and teachers, prophets that are hitting the airways. And I just pray for amazing favor in this season of your life, that this podcast would be beyond reaching of what you can ever imagine and that doors would be opened unto you and you've, you've sowed and you've fought and you've dug. And I pray, Mill, in this season ahead, you would sense an ease and just radical doors for the advancement of the voice that God's given you, silky mill, going out there, advancing the gospel through the airwaves in the mighty name of Jesus. And we pray for those listening, Lord, that you would be a fresh anointing, fresh freedom upon their life. And Lord, that everything that you have planned for them, let it come to pass. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen on that one, listeners. And thank you for being here. Remember, anytime you want to check out this episode, any of the other podcasts, our YouTube vlog, everything is on the website at dominionfire.com. On that website, use the contact form if you have any questions. If you're having any trouble reaching Gateway or Pastor Danny, I'd be happy to get you in contact. Use the contact form on that site to get your message to us, and we will do our best to help you. And we just want to thank you again for tuning into this first ever episode of this. And I, I sort of echo what Pastor Danny was saying. I really hope this goes somewhere really big for our city because 
I've been here almost 20 years myself, and I absolutely love this goofy city that we live in. I, I can't figure out why, but I love it here as goofy as it is. And uh, we're, I, I really hope something big happens here. I'd like to see God move in an even bigger way than he already has. So, listeners, thank you for being here, and make sure to check it out. We'll keep you updated. More content coming here for Las Vegas. Please share, tell your friends, all that kind of good stuff. As we always say at our ministry here, boom, goes Yeshua, and we'll see you next time.